This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, Mr. Jared Mariyama. What's up, Jared? Hey, I am very excited because this did, is that a very didn't sound episode. that did not sound very exciting, Jared. Oh no, I am. I'm, I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm not so convinced. excited to get going. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. <laughs> All right. Before we get. Um, started here i have one thing i want to say and it's just to remind everybody that we are on itunes and stitcher so if those are your preferred methods of listening to a podcast please subscribe um and you can check us out there one funny thing i wanted to note about um our itunes is that we got a parental advisory stamp on our itunes mm-hmm. page so we did just I in time for that it interview where uh i think that was the <laughs> first time i used Terrible yep, you, language. You dropped yeah. an f bomb in there. I, I totally did. Caught yeah, it. you couldn't hide like from big, me. Like a big boy. But yeah. I think it's funny because yeah. our topic today is like a complete 180 from our last episode. This is our first roundtable episode, and today we are talking about the Muppets. Uh, and with us, we have return guests, Mr. Dave Pryor and Luke Flowers. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I know. There you go. See? Man, we all should have had some cheesy Muppets intro here. Well, I thought we were going to go more like traditional Muppet show. We could have had Scooter at the beginning, you know, Mr. Flowers, 15 seconds to curtain, Mr. Flowers, you know, and a little banter. Jared, you make a good Scooter. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so with that being said, welcome everybody to our first roundtable episode. Again, it is Muppets. Um, I mentioned this to the boys before we started recording, but we're going to focus on the Muppets, but as like an umbrella theme or topic, we are going to probably discuss um, some Jim Henson stuff, but primarily focusing on the Muppets. So, But, you know, Muppets is a generic. It's like humans. Muppets are every like Fraggles are Muppets. So it's like if we were going to have. No, they are like it says at the beginning of Fraggle Rock, it says featuring Muppets. Mm-hmm. So, like Sesame Street is Muppets, but it's not Muppet Show Muppets. This is how this conversation so is going to go. Me, so, so, all right, I guess we're just going to start arguing from the beginning here. <laughs> that's so, right. I get your point. <laughs> they are. I hear what you're saying, and I, you know what? Just at, in this podcast, I feel like I'm that guy who always mm-hmm. got to go against the grain. But yes. here, I, here I am yes. again. Terribly um, annoying. Yes. <laughs> you you would agree? Some, Dark Crystal character. They're they're not Muppets, right? Yes, so that's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it's like to me, the Muppets are this group, specific group of characters. You know, it's Kermit, it's Scooter, it's Miss Piggy, it's Gonzo, it's that whole gang that goes on the Muppet Show. Sesame Street, you know, they are they Muppets? do come from the Henson they're Company. Muppets. They're Muppets. They are, they're similar yeah. to Muppets, but they're on the Sesame Street, and it's different. It's similar so, but different. I will let you make this distinction because it's your show and, you're, you're, you know, like, <laughs> no, for the no, sake no. of this show, need, that's fine. But technically, I think, there is, I think there is actually a definition of Muppets, like what is a Muppet and what's not a Muppet. So 
Um, uh, not that I have that information here, but yeah, I think Dark Crystal is a gray area. Yeah, if we had a time machine, yeah, we could go ask well. Jim Henson really what the answer is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I fall into Jared's yeah. camp because I think he first coined the phrase when he was on uh, WRC TV or something that it was his Muppets. Uh, so. Well, I guess we'll never know. So no, okay. I so don't never forget, know. Luke, Luke really knows his Muppets. So, so don't be shy, Luke. You step in and correct us every step of the way. And I'll still fight. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but all right. So starting off the conversation, I want to try and like kind of go in chronological order, just as far as the topics we hit. So I want to start by asking, going around the group here and saying, or getting everybody's story on like their first introduction to Muppets and Hanson and all these characters. So um, let's start off with Mr. Pryor, Dave. What was like the first um, bit of Muppets that really got you interested in that property and that brand and that franchise? Well, I mean, I was watching Sesame Street my whole life. I had a floor-to-ceiling Bert and Ernie on my wall, painted on my walls, um, and drew those characters all the time. And I faintly remember when The Muppet Show came out, my dad was explaining, it's not quite Sesame Street, different characters, some, you'll still <laughs> see, see Kermit. See. Um, but I had to get used to a whole new crew and watching the show. Um, there, weren't, there weren't any cartoons like I was used to. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I still took it all in. So the, the Ernie and Bert, though, that you had on your wall, did someone do that for you or was that like a yeah. something you purchased? It actually wasn't painted. It was more like we we paint we did on paper and then pasted them on the wall. And uh-huh. Bert, oh, okay. Bert was always for me and Ernie was always for my brother. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. How did that how did you get Bert? Because you were older? Yeah, or? pretty much. He's the taller yeah. one. <laughs> so that's that's really all it was. My brother is a little you- more jokey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So um let's I guess we'll just since that was a quick story, we'll see. Um let's get uh Luke's answer. Uh yeah, I mean I, I think the same way I think a lot of people the gateway drug is Sesame Street, so <laughs> um, and you know, cause like the Muppet show and stuff had already been out before I was born. Um, I think mm-hmm. the Muppet movie came out the year I was born. So I was still too young to even appreciate that. But, um, oh, I think geez. it was actually even the, um, the great Muppet caper or no, uh, Muppets, t- uh, take Manhattan take was Manhattan. the first movie I actually saw mm-hmm. in the theater. So, cool. and that was, I think it was like five at that point. So from that point I was hooked once I, you know, grew up with Sesame street and then, started getting into the actual Muppet movies. And then, you know, then we, we started watching the, like the reruns as a family from the Muppet show, but you know, we were too, yeah, was already off the air, you know, in regular syndication. Mm-hmm. So what was, and we'll go back to Dave in a second for the same question. What was like the thing that got you super hooked and became, you became like a big fan. Do you remember, was it um, a show or a specific movie? Uh, for me, I think it was just the format of the Sesame Street, you know, because like Dave said, it had like all these great elements like cartoons and short films and stop motion and, you know, live action and, and of course the puppets. So, um, right. So for me, I think it was just this like wide. And I think that's really what got me into wanting to be an artist as a young kid was thinking that, that an artist doesn't mean you just have to be one thing. You can do all these things. It's, yeah. you know, it can be books, it can be movies, it can be film, it can be. Uh, toys, all these things that like were these creative outlets from 
the Jim Henson world. I think that's what really got me hooked on it. Because um, it seemed like everything, I mean, growing up, all of us growing up, it just seemed like there was this constant, like, new edition. Like, when the Fraggle Rock came out, it was just like, what's this, you know? And Yeah. Um, so I think it just, there was this ever-growing presence that I just was so amazed by. Right. Dave? Yeah, the Muppets were so much more endearing than any other puppet shows that were on at the time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm from Chicago, so we had a show called mm. Giggle Snort Hotel. <laughs> uh, Sounds fun. You, those puppets were very, very creepy, and there were other shows <laughs> like that. But the Muppets had a personality all their own, and they were mm. colorful and furry and... <laughs> um, Nothing compared. You knew that they were a step above everything else that was on TV. Yeah. All right, Jared. You're actually, you know what, Jared, you're going to go last. Oh, what? I'm going next. Um, So what a host. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a similar answer. I think uh, just like um, (laughs) you guys said, Sesame Street is definitely like the gateway drug into the Henson world. Um, And I think just because it's catered to like the youngest audience, but from there, um, Fraggle Rock and Muppet Babies is where I really fell in love with uh, the Henson world and Muppets. I think Fraggle Rock was like my first love. Um, and then this is for Jared. Obviously, when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first movie came out, the <laughs> actual turtles were a Henson um, creation. So that just made me more and more interested in like these live action kind of puppets and what this brand was capable of doing. Yeah. Um, but Jared, now you can have a turn. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just like everybody else, Sesame Street, I think you can't help. So that started in 69. Um, so there's a little bit before I was born, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit before my older brother was born. So by the time, you know, I was around and able to un- and understand any of this, uh, my, my brother had already watched it. So it's like, you know, whenever it's an older sibling, you kind of uh, you, you just adopt whatever that is. You, you right. almost don't have a choice. But of course, we loved it. And you have to think like what's different for I think Dave and I than for you guys is that at this time, there just wasn't a ton of specific children's programming like this. So this was a real standout. Like it wasn't like you had Cartoon Network or, or all these other things where you could just pick and choose what you wanted to watch. Like this was one of the, uh, you know, for original programming as opposed to watching uh, you know, reruns of sitcoms or um, the Flintstones and the Jetsons mm-hmm. and Looney Tunes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's really what Muppets were up against. So, you know, it was easy to to be drawn to this very original uh, material and just a different take on, on puppets in general. Like when I think back to puppets before or, or at the same time, I guess, I think of like, you know how Mr. Rogers had puppets and they were like extremely oh, yeah. creepy Land puppets. Those were yeah, super you know, creepy. <laughs> but like their mouths didn't move and they were just little hand puppets that were just, but that's kind of what I used to think of as puppet shows. And, and the Muppets were almost like people like celebrities right, yeah like, right. like like those were puppets and these were muppets these well were that's what people. i was gonna say these what henson was able to do with the muppets and all of his puppets is growing up i thought those were real characters yeah. like they're mm-hmm. so <laughs> like just a hundred like everything about them was so they put so much work and effort into them um and like the characters were always so consistent. So every time you saw Kermit, even if they have a voice change, um, it that it's Kermit. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. And I think 
like the humor was was really um I, I don't want to say adult because now that sounds different like it wasn't mm-hmm. kids humor it wasn't it wasn't all silly there was some silliness in there of course but even if you watch sesame street the the dialogue is is funny and it's witty and it's um yeah you know it plays on a lot of stuff and i think just like anything else when you're little and you're watching these things and and you're able to grow and start getting like uh, getting the jokes more as you get older and understanding the humor, like that always creates longevity for me, whether that's like Looney Tunes, like I said, and even something like Star Wars, where I was five when that came out, I couldn't possibly understand what this rebellion was about and and all that, but (laughs) you grew into it. And so it became like layered and you became more interested as you got older. So Muppets, I think were were the same thing. Mm -hmm. They had all the things that hooked you and then you just appreciated it more as you grew older. Right. Absolutely. Well, and like you even said with the Star Wars, I think that was another way reason that that gelled with our generation was because it was, again, that like magic that you couldn't understand how these things were interacting with real human beings, you know? And so, and then when you found out like Yoda was a Muppet, technically, you know, that just was like, I was completely sold on that universe as well. Um, Because it was, it was just like an extension of this like puppetry that kind of dominated a lot of the 80s because it was sort of, groundbreaking and um, they were exploring so many of the new ways to uh, create these things and get these things to interact and in a way that you couldn't like you said with the Muppets you couldn't even like how is Kermit riding a bike uh, you know or, oh I, I remember the opening scene of him playing banjo in the swamp I was just mm-hmm. enamored with and just like how is this happening you know so I think <laughs> that's where you, you just are sold because it's that magic that isn't in movies today anymore because you just think, oh, it's a computer and it's, you know, it's not connected right. to anything. But and the yeah, fact that it was connected that was, to a human. Yeah, that was so magical. And I was coming from watching the show and then to see them have legs at all, I almost couldn't yeah. believe it. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> I mean, that's probably why I thought there was like they were – I'm not even joking. When I was young, I'm sure this is a l- true for a lot of you guys, I literally thought that they were real things. Well, I wasn't, you know, uh, slow, maybe. Like <laughs> but uh, but they were just like, you, I think it was more that you forgot. You you didn't mm-hmm. think of it as you were watching a puppet show anymore. It, it was just a show. Yeah. Um, right. And so you, you, you weren't conscious of someone below them or not, like even the way they had them interact on the show. And it was so great whenever you saw the behind the scenes of the Muppet show and, uh, you know, every, the floors are all, you know, sunken and, but it didn't occur to you while you were watching it, that this is some special stage. It felt very natural. And well, uh, it's interesting you, you say that. And I know I started off saying we're going to go chronological, but I'm going to jump to like last week. (laughs) Oh geez. (laughs) So I saw the, the Muppets were, they did a live show at the Hollywood bowl that I got to go see and they were on stage and the the puppeteers the Muppeteers were in black, all black, so you can see them, mm-hmm. but the focus was so much on the characters that it didn't even matter to what Jared was saying. Like it the characters existed and it was real and you like if you wanted to, you can look behind the Muppets and see the person, you know, air quotes pulling the strings, but it, it didn't matter. Like mm-hmm. they were real and they were there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like it's become like Muppets have become such a nostalgia thing now. Right. Like I, I I don't like that aspect of it because I never thought of them. Like, I don't like to think of them that way, but it's become part of that. And, and something like that, like the Hollywood bowl thing really celebrates 
puppeteering and mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as these personalities, but to be able to see them so freely like that, you know, uh, performing these things, like something like they did Manamana, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what a what a different experience it is to see that where it's edited to not see the puppeteer and then see them running around doing that yeah. on the stage. It's a it's just a completely different uh, experience, but very cool. Did you like the show overall, Mark? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, oh, it was I great. Um, but we'll, let's try and jump back again. So <laughs> you know we're super Jared, jealous. You know, I'm, yeah, totally. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that, or I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, but let's jump back to some of our earlier encounters. What I want to ask, just like a generic question um, of the earlier stuff. So, like pre Disney acquisition. What was like your favorite, it can be TV show or movie, but your favorite, and this can go into Dark Crystal and Labyrinth as well. What was your favorite um, property, movie or TV show from Hanson and the Muppets? Uh, Jared, you can go first this time since you went oh, last. Oh, okay. Uh, so my love of the Muppets really is Muppet show, particularly the later seasons and the first Muppet movie. Uh, everything else sort of radiates out from there because those Mm -hmm. are like the hardcore stuff. I think I was at the right age and we were just very much into it. So, um, like Muppet, you know, Muppet movie by far is my favorite thing. And it, to me, it feels, you know, because it's a pseudo story of how they got together and yet it's still very tongue in cheek and they're, they're aware that they're making a movie and it even starts that they're watching the movie. Like I loved all of that. That was, that was very specific, like Muppet. So I've always think of the Muppets in those terms, less in the like treasure Muppet treasure Island and Christmas where they're very much doing a straight up movie. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd probably have to say Muppet movie and Muppet show are my, my core Muppet favorites by far, like well beyond anything else beyond that. Yeah. Uh, Dave. Yeah. I I agree with Jared. It's the Muppet movie and it's Mm -hmm. the only movie I'll go to uh, for the Muppets of the early era Muppet movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched uh, Muppet Caper just recently, and I still love that bike scene, too. You know, (laughs) it's that movie is almost like an homage to the Muppet movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Going back. But um, well, again, I saw that when I was, you know, like nine, nine years old and it was just magical. I saw it in the theater and uh, I wanted nothing more than to just have Muppets after that. (laughs) And um, when I was a kid. I had another friend who we had records of the Muppets uh, from the Muppet Show. And it had things like Fozzie's jokes and intros and Stadler and Waldorf. And we took all the characters, drew them up, put them on paint stirrers. So they're, you know, they're like a good size, puppet size. And then we would do our own show to that record. And we just kept doing it over and over again. (laughs) Does anybody else have uh, experience with Muppet, like, putting on their own puppet or Muppet shows. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like we did it. My, my brother's class for, so he's like two years older than me and he somehow convinced his teacher to let us do a puppet show for the class. Oh, and man. we basically try to do the whole Muppet movie by just playing the oh, soundtrack my gosh. And, then, <laughs> and then using our Muppets yeah, uh, to do the whole show. It was so terrible. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed when I think back to, to what we did and how we Ours? did it and like, how nice of that teacher to to sit there through <laughs> way too long. Did you guys like? Did you do the voices even? So we did do some dialogue between the songs <laughs> to try to link them together, but I mean, right, we just had it. like. 
five puppets. You know, it was just <laughs> come on, Jared. Uh, Oh no! We're are you waiting. kidding? Never. What was your line? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. What who? What character were you? Or like you uh, remember I was the Rolf. ones that you were? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then we even had a scooter puppet, and he's not you know in the movie very much or in any kind of key role. But but the mm-hmm. the one we had was just like a plush you know animal. It didn't the mouth didn't move. He wasn't an actual puppet oh. for some oh. reason. They made a great uh, animal so he puppet too. Yeah, Animal was great. We had Animal, Piggy, Fozzie, Kermit, and Ralph. And I think those were the only ones that, yeah. There, there was rumored to be a Gonzo that we always talked about, but never saw a good Gonzo puppet as a kid. So, But yeah, so with those limited puppets, we did a whole terrible show that probably went on you know, <laughs> forever. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, going back to favorites, uh, Luke. What, but wait, Luke, I bet you did puppet shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, ours was kind of funny because we, you know, I grew up in the church, so it was like always vacation Bible school. It's like we're church puppets, mm-hmm. you know, those cliche kind of like cheesy puppets came out of. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like, we had the Kermit one and I had the animal one. My brother had the Kermit. So we would always, were allowed to bring those because, you know, we would kind of participate. But it was like, I was always so frustrated <laughs> that I couldn't do the full Muppet thing and we were having to like, Kind of do our own thing, but it was what it was. So, but, yeah. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite um, pre-Disney Muppets? Yeah. Well, I think just like you guys, I think because the the movie, the Muppet movie was had so many just memorable moments, and the the music. I mean, I just love the musical aspect of it too. I think that's one of the great things about the whole Muppet, I mean, even Fraggle mm-hmm. Rock. I mean, I think yeah. Fraggle Rock is comparably right there at, at that same level because the music of Fraggle Rock was just always, it just blew me away how clever it was, how funny it was, how much heart it had to it. And so, yeah, I think those are probably just neck and neck. I mean, I, I mostly, like you, I think I grew up with Fraggle Rock being probably one of the shows that we were just religiously watching. Um, and it was yeah. just right there happening. It wasn't like reruns or anything like that. So, what a, Has it changed for any of you as you have gotten older? Or would you? It sounds like uh, for Dave and Jared, at least, you guys are still on board with the original Muppet movie. Well, you, you, has can't, it changed? you can't beat the classic, but I do like <laughs> uh, the new Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the new Muppet show, there were aspects of that I liked too. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm always happy to see the Muppets. Like, I'll always watch whatever projects they're doing. Like, I mean, I will compare them obviously to, to older things, but. You know, it's like just like Star Wars. I hate to keep coming back to that, but you, you can never capture what it was like to mm. see Star Wars for the first time or when mm. it was first released. So it's kind of pointless to keep trying to, you know, compare it to, to something uh, classic like that. But um, yeah, I think um, I think. Yeah, I think it still stands for me today. Like, I don't think it would change. It would take something pretty incredible for me to change from from the Muppet movie, from the first Muppet movie. For me, I think growing up, like I said before, is Fraggle Rock. And similar to what uh, Luke was saying, I think it's because I, I could kind of watch it as it's happening. Um, and I just it was nice to come home from school or like just be able to see it regularly on TV, whether or not I you know, was able to watch it in the order that they were released. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to have that, you know, just consistently being able to watch this show and live in this world for an extended period, even though they're only like 20, 25 minute uh, long episodes. The fact that there's so many, you can spend more time mm-hmm. in these worlds. Um, but I think. 
uh, same with you guys as far as the movies go. I really like the original one as well. Um, but since we haven't made a nod to any of the others, I got to say that Dark Crystal, I I love that that movie now. I think when I was younger, I was too scared to watch it because it's a little <laughs> bit darker and kind of mm-hmm. creepy. Um, but now I love... I don't know how much credit goes to Hansen or the the original illustrator, um, Brian Froud, mm-hmm. who kind of created the look and feel for that movie. But it's such an interesting world that they created. And it's so deep. Um, now, you know, they're doing the Netflix series to go even deeper. Um, but it's really, you know, I really enjoy that movie for just how deep they were able to mm-hmm. go with all the characters in that world. It is. I mean, it is a very different thing. And I remember like we were very excited about it because they they did a lot of press for it. It feels like like they talked about this a lot. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if it was just because we were Muppet fans. So we were very aware of anything, but it was supposed to be this very, very different thing for them. So, you know, it is very much the ugly Muppet movie to me, Um, (laughs) you know, and it feel it does feel I mean, there are obviously very Muppet aspects of it, but I think for some reason, Dark Crystal leans closer to Fraggle Rock to me mm. than it does mm. back to the original Muppets. Um, because Oh, it's well, definitely yeah. different, yeah. But the personalities are kind of there. Like, a lot of the same spirit is there in a lot of these characters, like that little fuzzy, roly-poly guy. <laughs> you know, a lot of the... Yeah, the, the humor's there and stuff. But um, I think I that's probably the Muppet movie that I've watched the least amount of times, like, as far as repeat viewings and things mm-hmm. like that. What are your expectations for the the Netflix show? We'll go with for Luke the, first. Yeah. Uh, well, for the Dark Crystal. I mean, when I was just over at the Henson Company, we visited them and, and we were talking with them about because they were in production um, at one of, a different lot. It wasn't at the lot that we were at, but I mean, just mm-hmm. the way they were talking about the heart of it and really wanting to capture that same original feel of um, you know minimizing the CGI effects and really going with puppets and or puppetry and obviously using some newer technology that they have, but it, it made me excited to hear that they've, they're approaching with like that, not some sort of like CGI, you know, mm-hmm. monstrosity. Are they the same characters? Uh, there's it's a prequel, it's, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. it supposed to be prequel? Mm-hmm. I think it takes place like a couple hundred years before uh, oh, the movie. Hundred. Oh. And so there's still the same, so. I mean, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, in the Star Wars world where there's the same sort of cultural cultures right. that'll be, Mm-hmm. Either, but it won't probably be the same couple things and stuff okay. like that. I, I think they, I mean, they have the Skeksis and uh, like some of the same or similar characters, but I think it's you know, years, years before. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask Dave, like, yeah, yeah, what what did you think of that when you saw it? Because you saw it f- first time it was out and stuff. Oh, yeah. So like, what was your what were your thoughts then, being a Muppet fan going into it? I always separated it. I felt like it was its own thing, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I wanted toys, and so <laughs> they didn't have any, so I had to make little cardboard stand-ups, of course. <laughs> um, and puppets, too. Like, I remember making, uh, you know, Chamberlain, and just, you could because you could do that, you know, beaky, beaky thing, yeah. easy, throwing fur over it, and made some mock-up of it. Uh, I did the same thing with Gizmo. Uh, when I was young, I couldn't buy a lot of toys, so I just always made my own, and... Uh, had to cover a teddy bear with fur and make my own <laughs> And now, like all of us, you have the money, so now your uh, your room now is covered I'm just in toys. Drowning yeah. And stuff. yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, what about? Well, actually, let me ask Luke though, because Luke, you saw it later on on home video or something, I'd imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I was only seven when it came out, and I think you know, like Mark was saying, I was a little like weirded out by it, you know, because we couldn't see it in the theater. I think my parents were like, I don't know about that one yet. So we did see it a little <laughs> later. Like I think I was in maybe maybe like early or later elementary school that we actually watched it, and I agree. I felt like well, that was kind of strange, but. I've always kind of been into some of the darker stuff, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of liked it. And then seeing Labyrinth afterwards, I was like, okay, I can see. I think you know, like Dave had a good point. It was wanting to break away from it. So if you went into it with that idea, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I just like the whole world he created in, in both of those, really. You know, it just felt like something extent. And the interesting thing is it just it really fit the the time period. You know, I think when you look back at look at, I think in my childhood, there was a lot of weird, that 80s sort of dark, mythical oh, yeah. sort of crystals. So it brings back some of that nostalgia of that, just kind of the culture of that time. Like I think the 80s had a lot of those, like, journey kind of movies, you know, like Never Ending Story, Kroll. Yeah. Um, where they're all in this, like, fake fantasy world, and they're kind of going on this epic journey. Um, yeah, and Dark Crystal definitely fits that mold, but in, you know, with puppets. Yeah. What was hard for me, I think, back then, especially, though, is like, so the Muppets, you had the Muppet show, you had Sesame Street, you had other things that kept, you know, uh, reinforcing the Muppets and their personality. And, and same with Fraggle Rock and those kinds of things. This was a standalone and it disappeared mm. rather quickly because it right. didn't do well. And since there were no toys or no supporting series like that was it you saw it once Mm -hmm. in the theater maybe twice if your parents were into taking you to movies twice (laughs) 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 yeah exactly so like that was it so i think it was harder to be in like if it had come out now you know and i was a kid maybe because of the internet and just the merchandise and things like that i might have uh it might have stuck with me longer than it did um but there just wasn't anything to do around it other than what you remember mm-hmm. from from watching it in the theater which makes me sound like an old man but <laughs> that's how it was back then kids <laughs> well uh, did you draw it did you go home and draw the characters they were so different than the Muppets, and they were yeah. so detailed. Uh, yeah. And I think if I had some kind of book or something, yeah. I probably would have. But we didn't, so like it was too hard to, like even now, if I had to sit down and draw those guys, I I wouldn't be able to. Like you really have to look at those yeah. either yeah. original sketches or the puppets. Yeah. And All we could do as kids was cl- cut out the clip of in the newspaper that was uh, right. for the movie <laughs> Yeah. Although they yeah. did have like a, I have it still from when I was a kid. They had like a record, uh, a, a reading record thing, and we mm-hmm. our, oh, okay. our family yeah, was yeah. way into that because it was like it's sort of like nowadays with parents think like this is better than watching a movie. It's like it's sort of like you know like a I don't know. It, it's fun because it was to my parents it was like oh they're not really watching a movie you're just listening to the movie so we had a lot of those records <laughs> Re- reading yeah, records. i think that's that's how um that was like the vhs of the time i think for us before you know like disney movies were never going to be released on yeah. video they said that that used to be the thing they would only <laughs> be in theaters so we would listen to these records mm-hmm. uh, you know the storybook records yeah. and that was how we revisited these things and i think Till this day, the movies I feel most like affectionate towards are the ones that I had records to because I knew the dialogue mm-hmm. so oh, well. That's right. you know, that's, based uh, on those records, you had the Rescuers, right? I think you had mentioned that on yeah. Dave's episode. Yeah, so we had, yeah, that's right, that's right. It was the anniversary at the time, but yeah, but even the Disney movies when those were released every seven years or something like that, it wasn't yeah. like everything was so <laughs> readily available. Like uh, yeah. now, it's yeah. like twice a year. Um, yeah, the Blu-rays released twice a year. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's 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 jump forward now and go into the post 
Disney era of of the Muppets. So for me, I'll start with this one. Um, I I really liked the '90s Muppets. So when Jared kind of mentioned it, they had the Christmas Carol Muppets. They did the uh, Muppet Treasure Island and Muppets in Space. So this um, is kind of after Jim Henson passed away, then, right? Because right, he right. died in 1990. 90, and this so was this all is in the '90s. After yeah. that, okay. Um, dark for times. Me, dark times. <laughs> I do see, like, again, what Jared was saying is definitely a shift from those earlier Muppet movies, but I, it still had a lot of the, the character, like, the characters still pretty much stayed the same, um, and I don't know, I had a lot of fun with them. I remember my dad, my parents are divorced, and when I was younger, he w- was dating a woman that worked for Disney, and I actually got, like, early access screening to Muppet Treasure Island. Um, and so I remember like just having memories to go see this movie, like seeing it, maybe it wasn't, it was just for like employees. It wasn't like the red carpet premiere, um, but I got to see it early and we, everybody in the audience got like, I don't know, some like, it wasn't, it was just like a really cheap giveaway kind of book or pamphlet with had all the characters in it. Anyways, I think I was getting to the age where like I shouldn't be liking Muppets because it's like for kids. Um, but I remember still loving it and then going to school with that little thing, like the free giveaway book um, and trying to draw the characters, but trying to hide it from my friends <laughs> so I wouldn't get made fun of. <laughs> um, so I'll, let's throw it over to Jared. Did you have, what, like, what are your memories from the 90s Muppets, I guess? So I'm much older than that. Like, like <laughs> I was, I mean, like, it's so it's different because I wasn't, you know, like I, I was looking at it through adult eyes at this point. We know um, you're old. Just answer the I mean, question, it just, Jared. It just makes a difference because <laughs> I think kids that grew up like you, like anyone younger, if you grew up and this was your, this was in the mix of the Muppet stuff that you grew up with, then it's, I think you have a different relationship to it mm-hmm. than people right. who grew up with, with the Jim Henson years. And then forcing yourself to adjust to this. Of course, you want to see these characters go on, but you know it felt very different. And there was even sort of a question on like, how would this go on? Yeah. You know, how would Kermit specifically go on? So this was like I remember being like one of the big, like, okay, this is Kermit now. Like, this is what we were going to watch to see how Kermit sounds moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was difficult for me to get to get used to that because you couldn't. You couldn't not hear it. Like it stuck out to me, whether it was good right. or bad, it was different. And that's all that I could hear at the time. So mm-hmm. the Muppet Christmas Carol specifically, though, I remember I didn't care for it as much because uh, there was uh, the uh, Michael Caine was kind of the star of it. Mm-hmm. And it felt mm-hmm. like the Muppets were supporting his movie. Right. And I, I didn't like that. Like I, I always thought it should have been a Muppet that that was the main yeah. character and then have humans supporting a Muppet Scrooge or something like that. So. Yeah. I always felt like it wasn't Muppety enough. I enjoyed the parts that that were the Muppets, like all the Bob Cratchit stuff with Piggy and, you know, Gonzo has a big part in this. Gonzo and Rizzo have a a pretty big part in this. Mm -hmm. But uh, then I found myself getting a little less interested when it was just Michael Caine. So, Mm -hmm. um, but again, this is like an adult perspective. (laughs) So so comparing it to the other stuff, I was, I wasn't too excited about this new Muppet movie. Uh, I think I was the same way. Um, I feel like, those ones, like uh, even like Muppets in Space, I think I was a little bit more into just because it felt a little bit more wacky. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. I love the the Christmas Carol just for the you know 
the traditional aspect of it, but I, yeah, it wasn't like it's not one of my top favorite ones. We watch it every year, of course, but it's just still <laughs> not like I, I agree. And that's kind of like with the new one that came out, the first Muppet one. I was same way. I was like, well, this is a Jason Segel movie, which I love it. I'm gl- I'm really glad that he had the heart to like kind of be uh, you know the charge behind it, but it felt a right. little bit like you know overshadowing sometimes, but. You know, I really, I think for me, the, the stuff that, um, and it was, I guess, still Henson was alive at the time, but the stuff I remember kind of after some of those movies was like watching like the Jim Henson hour or like storyteller. So for me, those were some mm-hmm. stuff like you're yeah. saying, Mark, like as you got older, you felt a little bit like, well, should I still be watching Muppet Babies? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, cause I was like up until I was in middle school. So, and you know, my brothers were like, that's a baby show, but I still loved it. But, you know, then it was like, you know, those kind of things like Storyteller and, and the Jim Henson era came back out. And I was just, you know, in love with it again because it felt like a little bit older, but still some of that dark aspect of it. And mm-hmm. something we could watch as a family again. And um, Right. So that kind of was, you know, I think we even watched a little bit of The Muppets Tonight or whatever came out for a little while. It was like in the, the late 90s. Oh, yeah. They did try that. Which um, it, it was yeah. fun. It was a little different, but. Yeah, so I feel like the movie, I think the Muppet movies didn't stick as much as some of those other like TV shows that came out after that period that I, or even like Dinosaurs, like that was another one that we totally watched oh, as a family. Oh, that's right. Felt really like, <laughs> you know, a new version of the Muppets. And it was, it ran for quite a while and you know, we yeah. kind of watched that religiously as a family. Dave, what about you? What's your take on the 90s Muppets? So when those came out, it was the dark times. I, I didn't even watch them. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't have an interest to go see them. Huh. And there was no Muppets in my life for a while. I, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Even Star Wars kind of fell out of favor, I think, as like it was, you know, packing everything up. And there was just none of that. I guess I was looking at getting married and everything and you know, going through weird adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember, Dave, uh, consciously thinking that you weren't going to watch this Christmas movie that came out? I just didn't care. I, I knew that it wasn't Henson anymore, <laughs> and it seemed like it wasn't genuine. And just because of that, I think it's like I knew it wasn't anything I really needed to see, at least at the time. Yeah. You know. Have you come back around to it now? Yeah, with the newer stuff. And I think when I did the new movie, the new first Muppets movie, mm-hmm. I got really excited. Mm. Yeah, and I still love going to Disney World and seeing the the Muppet Show that you know, that uh, uh, Muppets 4D or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! So since Dark Times. Dave brought that up, mm-hmm. ah, it's it's sad that so they're t- taking away almost everything Muppets from the parks. I know at Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, the Muppets Show is no longer there. Yeah. Um, they had an, a Muppets Pavilion in Disney World at Hollywood Studios where they aired the the Muppets 4D. I don't know, Jerry, you might know, or Luke, it, I know they're going to get rid of the Muppets Pavilion. Has it gone away yet? Do you know? I don't think it's officially gone away, right? Yeah, I mean, the the show's still there. The, the movie, You can still watch the movie, but it, there wasn't. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, it's been a while since I've been there. It's becoming like a new Main Street kind of area, right? And then because there was like that Rizzo's Pizza restaurant that's going away. and Like they're making it this sort of generic Los Angeles City street or something like that. But um, I don't think it's that close to Pixar Land. Because I think they're reconfiguring that whole area around Pixar Land where the um, this is this is a different 
show altogether. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think the show right now is safe, but some of the theming has disappeared so that it's not so overtly Muppety and it just looks like a movie theater on this Los Angeles street. But they used to have like a giant Kermit statue out out there and everything. Yeah, so I think that's probably gone now. And they had a fountain, right? There was like a Muppets fountain in front of it. Yeah, like a Miss Piggy or something Mm -hmm. fountain. Yeah, that's why I was actually kind of surprised when like to hear like the, the Muppets take the Hollywood Bowl. Like it felt like they were getting rid of a lot of Muppet stuff, and then all of a sudden there's this new like they were really embracing the Muppet property. So it'd be interesting yeah, to see what I'm, they do with it. I don't know what the plans are. Um, may, if this was like the the Hollywood Bowl thing, if that was like a test run to maybe go bring the Muppets on tour, yes, that'd be awesome. and they just started there with like a big you know three day uh, show. Um, but they yeah. got to figure something out because like, I don't know if you've watched online, they do that Muppets history thing at the park now, uh, in Disney world. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That is fantastic. Mm, uh, yeah. And that's it's awesome. Perfectly Muppets. Like the humor is right. And, mm. and everything is spot on for that. And it's in this little sort of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a short show. It's not huge. It's not a huge mm-hmm. commitment, but it just seems to work perfect. And I think they need to find a way to you know, they've been trying to do these like internet shorts and things like that, trying mm-hmm. to find a way to make these guys relevant or keep them going. And right. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what they, cause they, it feels well, like when they do it right, it's still great. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Since we're here, we'll fast forward to the more like recent times in the future for the Muppets. Um, whoa, whoa, wait, we're going <laughs> to just jump. <laughs> we're going to jump over a huge what, section. <laughs> what are we jumping over? <laughs> What happened in the early 2000s? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I think we still have to kind of go back. Like, we, we bypassed a, a lot okay, of that Okay, I mean, like, stuff. T- by today, I mean the Jason Siegel movie and beyond. What's before that, between there, that I'm Oh, well, no, no. I think, I think, like, we didn't talk much about Fraggle Rock, which I'm... That's... We kind of should talk a little more about Fraggle Rock, I think. Because that okay, was sort of... Jared. Don't you think? About Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Well, no, I want to hear hear what our guests have to say. Because I know Luke was just talking about it, uh, that it was probably an important show for for him. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I felt like that was one of the ones. It was right at the right age. Like Muppet Show, I had to kind of watch on, you know, when they came out with a couple VHS tapes of it. But really, the Muppet Show, I didn't even get into when I finally got, like, some of those DVD collections, you know, that came out. And then I was, like, able to really experience it and be like, watch it in the whole so uh fraggle rock was really the one that you could watch you know like we we're saying start to end almost i mean you missed a couple because we didn't have vhs power right right at the time for recording them but <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah i think that was the one that i was most nostalgic about and they like toys for it you know not not like great toys but there was definitely little you know like mcdonald's toys and there's tons of books i think that was the thing really i mean for yeah. me i think the book aspect of the sesame streets and muppets has been one of the things that kept it for me, whether it was off the air or on the air, it was like you still have these books and records that, you know, I just, and I still have a lot of those today. Even though I've lost a lot of the toys and stuff like that, it's the records and the books that I think I've always loved. And now it's fun to see, and I, I don't know, but, you know, just sharing it with my kids, it's been fun to see them, like, come around to seeing, like, how important these things are and, and watching all these DVDs again with me. It's been really fun. Like, we just got the old Fraggle Rock DVD set, you know, all, you know, 20 discs or whatever. and. Yeah, I saw that. Is that a recent thing or is that an older release? No, I mean, it, it came out with the 25th anniversary, which I can't remember when that was. That was, what, so maybe five or six years ago or something like that it came out. Oh, okay. I just never, okay. you know, it's kind of expensive when it came out. So I've yeah, always kind of been watching sure. for it on eBay and then finally it's just like, 
you know, I was getting ready to do some tribute stuff for it, um, and so I thought I should do some deep research. So, <laughs> Dave, did you watch? Did you watch Fraggle Rock, Dave, when it came out? So I think it was on cable, and I didn't get mm-hmm. I didn't get Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Um, I just ended up watching more Muppet Show, and they had it on at five thirty in the morning as I was getting ready for school. <laughs> but uh, I, th- so, I, I think at the right time I missed out just because I didn't have access. Yeah. Did you ever go back and watch them as an adult, or have you caught a few episodes uh, more recently? Uh, no, not at all. I completely missed out on the Fraggle Rock, and I know people love it. <laughs> I think if you have a HBO. Go or HBO. Yeah. I think they have those episodes you can stream if you want to, you know, just check it out. That so I'm currently binging the whole series because I I have not watched <laughs> these things again, uh, you know, since since it first aired mm-hmm. on HBO. Um, and I like you, Mark. It's funny how young we were when these things started to feel like kid stuff. I think because of Sesame Street, like you you associated Muppets with such a young age that you got kind of nervous, you know, by the time you were. Like eight, because I remember when Fraggle Rock came on, which was like, when what year uh, was that? Four or five? Yeah, or something. I think it was mid. It was mid eighties. Yeah, so I remember then feeling like, oh, I'm I'm a little bit old for this, you know. And then I didn't. We didn't watch it. Uh, let's see, eighty three. It says here, Fraggle Rock debuted oh. in eighty three. Um, so, but going back now and watching it, it's uh, it's a great show. Very Muppety, uh, you know, obviously different characters and stuff. And, and there's no crossover with, mm-hmm. with any of the other Muppet stuff. But um, so many songs, like yeah. three or four new songs for every episode. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I always like, too, that it had some of that, like the Muppet show aspect, or, or even like Sesame Street, where they were doing several different things. Like there's these, you know, real people world. There's the like Dozer, the Dozer's world. There's, you know. Mm-hmm. The actual frog world, there's you know, the, gorgs. the gorgs going on, and then I love like traveling. Matt was like one of my favorite, um, you know, because oh, yeah. it was like it had a, a little bit of the aspect of Sesame Street. Where he's going out, and he's and it was always really hilarious stuff. Like he's kind of confused, and right. I don't know, for me, that was Mupp- the most memorable. One of the most Muppets memorable. in the real world is always good. Yeah. Whenever they took the Muppets out into the real world, like I lived for that <laughs> stuff. Like, like. um uh, even like when uh, they'd be on the shows, like we'd get to stay up late because Kermit and Piggy were going to be on the Tonight Show or oh, something. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like so they were the like Oscars. celebrities back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I loved any time they appeared outside of their respective shows. Um, That's cool. You got to like, yeah. see those live. I mean, I've only had to watch those kind of things on YouTube. And it's really fun. But to actually see it happening at the time when they were stars, that's cool. That you got oh, to see yeah. We would try to record everything. Like, we'd always try to record <laughs> any little appearance by them. We'd always try to record. Like, Kermit actually hosted The Tonight Show, uh-huh. which which is amazing. Like, I don't know if you've have yeah, you seen they, that, Mark. They have it on YouTube. The Tonight Show? He hosted, he guest hosted oh, no. when Johnny Carson wasn't there. It's, it's an amazing thing to watch. Like, that goes to show you, like, how big these characters were back then. And it gets kind of awkward and stuff. It's funny because they kind of lose track just like a guest, you know, like a host would. And and Frank, that's why I love, like, Frank Oz, you know, he's always, like, razzing him. And you could, I mean, in character, you know, but they're, like, kind right. of, you know, kind of telling yeah. each other. It's, this is, you know. Totally nose diving and they have to pull it out. True Muppet fashion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all live. I mean, that's like you said, that's what's great. It's like live and there's no safety net. So, Mark, you watched Fraggle Rock, though, growing growing. You were young when that came on. Was that in reruns by the time then? It, uh, it might have been reruns, but I don't remember. I just remember that it was consistently on and viewable for me. 
Um, but I think we actually, like uh, Luke was saying, that a big thing that I liked about it was the music. Yeah. Um, one of the other like big loves of my life is music. Um, and I think we mentioned, I mentioned this on a, one yes, of our for- forgotten episodes. Was yeah. it? So I, um, God, this must've been in middle school. Um, when I was like, I, I tried to, I don't Okay. I'm going to start over. This is somewhat embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, everybody wants to be a rock star at some point and oh, to teach me like, how to play the guitar and sing and play at the same time. The song that I chose to learn was the Fraggle Rock intro. <laughs> so I, there is a recording that exists somewhere of me playing my acoustic guitar and singing the Fraggle Rock intro song. Take it up. <laughs> yeah. So unless you can produce that, Mark, we don't want to hear any more about that. <laughs> we need proof about that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it just goes like... And we haven't actually asked this specifically, um, how the Muppets have influenced and impacted your normal life or your professional life. Obviously, I have not grown up to be a rock star, but, you know, it was a creative influence on my life at some point. Luke, I've seen a bunch of different, um, you know, Muppets themed artwork that you've done. So I know it's influenced you. Um, And we'll go back to you. But let's start with Dave. How has Muppets, even as a kid like kind of influenced your creativity um and then growing up into today um so it, i mean i made puppets and here's like one i don't know if you can see on the video here i did oh my a gosh. Uh, made a character <laughs> called tuna sandwich and this <laughs> oh is like, my that's gosh. great it's like it's straight off the show yeah yeah it totally does <laughs> hey what's going on um anyway so i did a, a cartoon pilot about this sandwich and then oh afterwards it's like well i need to make a puppet or something that i can interact with so that's awesome um led to that but i i wasn't afraid to sew and create my own dolls and puppets at that age you know young age and still do that now and again <laughs> when did this where when did the sandwich puppet come around like were you was this more recent more yeah recent? During, during animaniacs days i uh, we, oh, we did wow, a pilot okay. yeah we did pilots and other shows there um and tuna sandwich was one that i made <laughs> that's awesome that you, you can look on youtube you can find <laughs> oh, it oh you can yeah okay well, we'll have search to include this in the show notes it's s m a with c h yeah sandwich yeah so then luke Oh yeah, what are you writing down? No, I'm, on the I gotta podcast? remember. I'm, I'm taking notes for this tuna sandwich thing because <laughs> uh, that's gold. All right, so sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we'll move back over to Luke. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think some of those early books um, from like, one of the ones I clearly and I, one I still have is the um, uh, the monster at the end of this book, uh, the little golden book of uh, Grover. I mean, Grover was my favorite, like Super Grover. That's who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that book for the first time, and it was like one of those books that like. And it was pretty revolutionary at the time. It was just like made you feel like you were like interacting with Grover through this book. And so I think for me, that was like, I want to make books like that someday. And I mean, that, and then, I mean, like I was saying, it was just watching that, like as an artist, it wasn't just one thing, it was many things. And so uh, I felt like that was kind of set me on that course of like, I want to do that. You know, obviously puppeteering would have been great, but I just didn't have the skill set or the, maybe the opportunities growing up. You know, there wasn't a lot of puppeteering workshops in our town. It was a pretty small town and, so I think books made more sense. And uh, so I feel like that was a huge influence, just um, the the book aspect of, like I was saying, all those books that were out there. And um, But even in today, I mean, I feel like Jim Henson, just who he was and the way he carried himself in the creative community and cheering others on. And 
that's always been sort of a big influence on me as well. And just seeing his, the humility that he brought to his project, even though he created this huge mm-hmm. thing, he was still so humble about it and like giving spotlight where it was due. And so I think for me, that creative just aspect of like, I'd love to be a, a creative in that sort of capacity that is part of something bigger, but still, you know, is motivating other people to dream because of your dream, I guess. Right. That was kind of mm-hmm. right. So we had uh, Bill Robinson on the show recently, and he, he talked quite a bit about puppets, and it was a big part of his sort of early creative outlet and development and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Luke, if you lived somewhere different or even in a different time that you would have pursued puppets as a as more of a, a career choice i mean i know you are doing some things now as an adult you're oh, doing right. some puppet projects but uh do you think that that was ever something you would have more seriously considered if you had access to workshops or whatever yeah i think so i mean i just loved you know just seeing that like something come to life that you're part of even like you know i mentioned when i did that um project with um joey ellis it just that mm-hmm. first time you see yourself on a monitor and you're attached, but you're sort of detached. I mean, it was just, it's just magic, right. you know, and you feel like you're creating this thing that's outside of yourself. So yeah, yeah. I definitely think I probably would have gone different direction had there been more maybe resources yeah. or workshops or whatever. Um, yeah. As if telling your parents you want to be an artist isn't horrific yeah. enough. You want to say, <laughs> I'm going into puppets. But if there were, ever would have been a time, like I think growing up, if you would have said, I want to be a puppeteer, they'd probably be like, okay, I can see it happening. Like there's a lot of them. And, and they were in all the films, and I feel mm-hmm. like that if somebody said that today, if one of my kids was like, I'm going to be a puppeteer, I'd be a little more hesitant, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it, in today's work, I mean, I do, I still use, like, the Moby Shinobi, I still use a lot, like, the puppet aspect in my book stuff, so... Right. I think that's my way of kind of living that out, and it, it was really fun to see how, as soon as you bring out a puppet at a book launch or event, like... It's that same thing that we felt as a kid. Like, also, here it was in the book, and now it's here in front of me, giving me high fives and talking with me. And it's just another one of those points of, of magic that a kid kind of like forgets that yeah. you're behind it, and they're just looking at the puppet, and it's like the ninja's right, right. here. So <laughs> I like that aspect. That's of so it. cool. Yeah, the um, I I'm sure you read it, uh, Luke, but that Jim Henson bio by Brian J. Jones oh, uh, that was that was just uh, phenomenal, and that was only recently that I read that. But um, hearing his description of it, hearing his yeah. description of uh, Jim's life and and just the person that he was was oh, amazing. It, it was, amazing. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend the book. If if you, I mean, for all creatives, I think it's it's uh, it's an amazing book. Like if anyone had. Uh, the right to be an egomaniac, you know, it would be this guy who's created Mm -hmm. so much, you know, after through all these decades and stuff. And he just sounds like the, the nicest guy in the world, you know, not a perfect, not a perfect person, but, but just like the most positive kind of guy you could have imagined to me. Which is exactly what you'd want from the Muppets guy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. It seemed like he was living out what he was, you know, selling as well. Mm -hmm. But I think also that what I loved about Brian's book, I mean, that that was one of the books that, you know, when I read it, gosh, probably like five years ago when I first first heard of it. I mean, it was one of those books that Mm -hmm. re-energized my love of Jim Henson, even like on an even deeper level of, because, you know, you grew Mm -hmm. up knowing all this stuff, but then you start to realize like what was going on behind the scenes and and how many times he had to sell the Muppet show and how many times it got failed. So for me as an artist, it was like, this is a guy who I've looked up to all my life and he had just as many failures and things didn't just happen. He had to work really hard at it. And right. So I think that was a really eye-opening book to think about as a creative, going through a creative process and, and, and dreaming your own dreams and figuring out like, 
it's not always going to happen on the first shot or the 10th shot, you know, and if you really believe in something like he did, just, you know, not letting it go, but keep trying to reintroduce it in, in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's because I think uh, of the age that we grew up in, we sort of missed the, the Walt Disney era when he was around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he was that kind of presence, but to grow up with Jim Henson and George Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, like those are kind of my like precursors Ooh. to even the Disney myth yeah. you know, because, you know, I only saw Walt Disney in those reruns or in films at school yeah. and things like that. We didn't have that connection of the weekly show that like, you know, maybe our parents did maybe a mm-hmm. little bit, they might even be a little bit old for that. Um, but yeah. So, to, to witness that kind of create and to see that like every project is this struggle mm-hmm. that like you think you make star Wars and you're in the clear, but no, like every yeah. single <laughs> thing is, is a struggle to make these things. Yeah. It's, it's inspiring. And then you feel lazy, that, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe not Luke because Luke turns out an incredible amount of work. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was the other aspect of Jim Henson. I mean, he had that same drive that just, you know, never ending, never, you know, there was just a dream list that I think one of the, you know, the quotes, he just felt like that there was life was short and he was going to try to put every ounce of his creativity into every, you know, day he had on the earth. So I think he, he yeah. did that as, yeah, beyond most people's human ability. Yeah, really. So Mark, what about you? Were you, do you find that you were influenced by uh, the Muppets? Just the, uh, just the failed rock attempt. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no, so um, going back into those missing years from the 2000s, I found what. So I mentioned. Actually, I don't know if this was an an actual aired episode. It's funny we're re- referring to all these lost episodes right now, um, but I actually worked at an internship for boom studios when I was in college. And at the time they had the Muppets, um, license. So Mm -hmm. it's not like a direct influence, but it was really cool to be around like new Muppet stuff, even though it was, it wasn't a TV show. It wasn't a movie. It was, you know, in comic book form. Um, it was really cool to be around new Muppets material. Um, that, That comic book series is amazing. Yeah, some of them were cool. The ones that I liked were similar to like the Muppet Treasure Island mm-hmm. where they would take a story and just like an existing story and put the Muppets in these characters. So they had like a Muppet Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. They had a Muppet Sherlock Holmes. King Arthur. Um, yeah, Muppet King Arthur. So Peter it was just, Pan. Yeah. It was a fun like take on these stories and but it was like I said it was really nice to see new and fresh material with these muppets. I think just in general the way like the characters are they're so much fun. It's nice like I'll do fan art for muppet stuff more than anything. Mm-hmm. E- like if I'm ever feeling like I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's always nice to do just a little sketch or something of them. Because an- another thing that's cool about the Muppets that we haven't touched on yet, they're like living cartoons. So the the Dark Crystal stuff we said was super like realistic and detailed. The Muppets are like, they're super bright colors and they're basic shapes with eyeballs on them. <laughs> so it's not, they're relatively easy to sketch or like draw. So it's fun to always go back. Um, mm-hmm. They're like living Pixar characters stuff. in a way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. I think the best Pixar ones are the ones that tend to look like uh, like Muppets. Like I think Up, a lot of the stuff in Up looked like uh, 
like toys. They look more mm-hmm. like toys than, than stylized humans. Um, yeah. But so I, I think I really responded to those designs uh, the most. You know, a, a, a while back, back when um, F.A.O. Schwartz was still around, they had the Muppet Whatnot. No, I don't know amazing. if you guys saw that. Uh, yeah, I have one. I have one. Mm-hmm. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I can show you. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we were at New York not too long, uh, just before the, the shop actually closed, and they were a little expensive. Look at that. That's awesome. We'll have to post a picture of that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they were kind of expensive. We never got one. I've always been looking for one on eBay, though. That's yeah, awesome they one. were very expensive. So and you, you would custom make pick them. everything. You, you could yeah. Yeah, pick all the parts. That's and awesome. this is one that, yeah, I think my wife called him Walter. So how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I like his jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets really nice clothes, and it's really high quality. Yeah. Um, except oh, there's a little cool. seam right in the front of his head here. That's a little weird. That's so you know it's not a real, real Muppet. Real, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, otherwise, really well done. That's so cool. That was one of the most uh, incredible like concepts I thought they came up with Muppets, uh, like merchandise. Because I always think the Muppet merchandise is a little like, yeah, I always want it to be better. Like, I always thought these things are puppets. Like, why can't the puppets that we buy look like the yeah. puppets on the show? You know, like I was always <laughs> frustrated that they didn't. I think Kermit was probably the easiest to, to yeah. translate to a mm-hmm. toy. But the rest of them, gosh, it was some of them are pretty rough looking. <laughs> I like that. I think Rolf, you did on purpose, Rolf sitting right? behind you. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I didn't end up getting that Muppet whatnot, and I I regret it till this day. Like, yeah, because now they're it looks so right? cool. Yeah, well, like it was amazing because that FA. Did you go to FAO Schwartz, Dave, to get that? That was ordered through the mail. Oh, it was um, oh, yeah. okay. No, yeah, amazing. Like you could pick out the nose and the eyes. And, yeah. Yeah, I wish like, I got uh, more. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's a Build-A-Bear for Muppets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should bring that back. That's what they should have. I would do that instead of Build-A-Bear for sure. <laughs> All right. So are you ready to move on to more recent times, Jared? Well, let me ask one more question before. because <laughs> Hey. Because I think got, the recent gotta, times are so quick. The recent times are going to be super quick. There's not a lot going on. All right. So, Luke, you know these Muppets well. Did you have a favorite performer like beyond maybe just a character it could just be a character too but do you have a favorite muppet performer or anything specific like that uh well i think like jim henson for sure you know just because he was just i just love the images of him doing his puppetry just felt like it was so this is like peaceful and zen but i mean i think beyond jim henson i think i mean we've talked about this recently like about frank oz is mm-hmm. i feel like he was just if Jim wasn't doing it, I felt like Frank probably would have invented this as well, just because he had that same wacky, you know, just an endless stream of characters coming out of him. I think that's once, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know who who is doing all the voices. At least I didn't. And, you know, and then later you right. find out who the voices were behind all these characters and you start to realize, you know, the range of some of these guys. Some of them didn't have as much, but. I think for me, Frank Oz would probably be the next one. Yeah, I always thought Frank was the best uh, actor of, yeah. of all the Muppets. Like he, like to be able to do Miss Piggy the way he did Miss Piggy, and <laughs> I think she was by far probably like the biggest celebrity. I mean, that's certainly her role yeah. in the Muppets. But but she did like a special on her own, and she did a lot of you know a lot of side projects on her own. But I always thought he was the best actor even when he was doing Fozzie like it was some of the funniest stuff that you know that seemed to come very naturally like it didn't feel scripted it felt very um, but of course playing off of Jim so Ernie Mm -hmm. and Bert stuff 
you know, mm-hmm. Piggy and Kermit. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Frank is mine too. Did you have a, a favorite uh, performer, Dave? Um, not past uh, the two you mentioned. I, I think everyone else just kind of falls by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, not to discredit anybody. I mean, but that's, those are the only two guys I ever really thought about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gonzo guy, what, what's his name? Dave, uh, Dave I can Gold, never say. Goals? Goals? Yeah. Gal, yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing, but he was yeah. always kind of Gonzo. Like, I always just thought yeah. of him yeah. as Just Gonzo. that one role. The, the one that always blew me away as a kid finding out was that the same guy did Oscar and Big Bird. Like, that, oh. to me, was like, that made Carol no Spinney. sense. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> He's the only other name that I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that documentary that just came out recently mm-hmm. gave me a whole other... I mean, I, I don't think I've ever cried at that many, docu- that many times during a documentary, but <laughs> yeah, there's just so much heart that he brought to that and just his... Ah, so powerful. I think that... Yeah. We talked about something that changing later on. I think after watching mm-hmm. that, I had a whole new has, you know, respect for his work. The I Am Big Bird documentary. Yeah. Right? Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> and can you imagine being in that costume? Oh, no. gosh. Oh, my I know. Gosh. But see, that's the magic yeah. of it. I don't think you even really thought that this is just one guy. You kind of thought it was like, you know, like Snuffle because it's like maybe two people and a machine yeah. on the side. But like... Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Man, that's that's an acrobatics. And how he's positioned in that thing <laughs> is so, like, just ridiculously uncomfortable and he's got to walk around like that. It, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like Sesame Street. I remember thinking when I was little, like, how do you get to be a kid on Sesame Street? Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did those kids get so lucky? All right, Mark, go ahead and bring it to the awful times of now. <laughs> Uh, it's not that bad. So, I mean, we can talk generally, but like, so from basically Jason Siegel to today, that'll include the Muppets Most Wanted, the newest Muppets TV show, and everything in between. <sighs> I'll, we'll start with Jared. So, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of you guys out there may feel uncomfortable talking bad about the Muppets, but uh, like, hmm. I mean... If there's, if you don't think one of these properties or these movies did them well, please share that with us. You know I'll go first, so oh, I'll be the one comfortable saying it. I really enjoyed the Jason Siegel movie. Uh, I thought it was a great way to bring it, the Muppets back kind of to the forefront. And I thought that after that movie, and I thought it was a success and like received well. Um, yeah. I thought there would have been a lot more Muppet stuff, like whether that would have been another TV show or just more movies. Um, I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't that much after that. Um, but then the follow-up movie Muppets Most Wanted, uh, I'll, it was not good. <laughs> I did not like that movie. There really? Wasn't, no, not at all. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah, there weren't really that many. Come on, there was an evil Kermit. <laughs> yeah, in there that, <laughs> awesome. yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so that wasn't that good. Um, the Muppets TV show, uh, I thought, you know, Dave said it earlier, like, I'm always excited to see Muppets on screen again. I th- don't know if, like, what direction they were kind of trying to go with that. It didn't, it felt kind of weird, but I loved seeing them regularly on screen again. Yeah. That, like, I watched every – there's no TV show that I watch live. I watch that every single week. You know, granted, it was only one season, 
I watched it every single day, like live as it was coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the brief rundown. And then, you know, recently I saw the Hollywood Bowl thing, but I'll kind of wrap up with that after you guys go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my my quick rundown on on the more recent stuff. Jerry, do you want to go now or do you want to go at the at tail end? Uh, do a squared co sandwich again. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I, what I want is for you to stop saying that. Oh, well, now I have to say it every time because I know you don't like it. Okay, well, let's go through these things one at a time because I think there's a lot to say about sort of each of these. So the we can look at the two movies mm-hmm. sort of together. The, the first movie was fine. Like, I know what they were trying to do. And, you know, it felt uh, – it's kind of like how I felt about The Force Awakens. Like, it went – it went back and it tried to do a lot of the same things and touch on kind of, you know, like get the gang back together, which is kind of what they did in Muppets take Manhattan, you know, like they did a whole similar thing where they're all off doing different projects. And I think one of the Christmas specials, even they did something similar. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, so that was fine. And I, like I said, I'm happy to see these guys back on screen and, and the performances were all, fine like i think like what luke said it was a lot more jason siegel and stuff than i would have cared for it could have been more muppety um but uh i even liked the second one i thought the second one was in some ways better than the first only because it felt more purely muppets like it wasn't trying to re-establish the Muppets so much it was just this goofball story mm-hmm. wasn't all successful of course but there was some <laughs> zaniness in it that i think uh, that i missed from the the first one which was seem to be just pure nostalgia. So um, let's hand it over to uh, Luke. What did you think of the more recent movies? Well, I think for me, the interesting part, or the, what made it more like special was because I got to see it with my kids in the theater for the first time. So this was, mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. me, it was really fun to see my kids feel like, oh, the Muppet, you know, they, we've watched all the Muppet old things, you know, and they were like, they're, they're great and they like it. But for it to be this new Muppet thing, I think they were, almost they embraced it even more. So it was kind of fun to see that aspect of sharing it with my kids. So it made it almost sure. more magical because like these are guys I've loved and now they're loving them and they're wanting the toys and the books and the, you know, um, so I think it sort of reawakened this whole like love of all things Muppets again for me, just as a parent seeing my kids, you know, fall in love with the Muppets like I did at their age. So, mm-hmm. you know, and so then when Muppets, you know, most wanted came out, I mean, we were, all, all excited about it. I think we, I think it even maybe came out like right around my birthday, like March 25th or something. And so like we had this big Muppets birthday party and, and it was just really fun. I think, <laughs> you know, cause then not all the kids are into it and they know that how much dad loves the Muppets. And so I think yeah. it's just been fun. Yeah. I think that's probably leading up to the Muppet show. That was a little bit of the disappointment is that we were all excited for it. And then it was kind of a little above my kids' heads and mm. some of it was almost like borderline inappropriate for them. And, you know, cause they're still young, you know, like, under 10 at that time and so that was maybe a little disheartening there i mean i loved it so i was like i'll record them and watch them later you know so mm-hmm. i still like you mark I, I just love seeing them on tv but and you know with muppets most wanted i really liked it because i liked the cameos it, again i felt like that was the fun part of that one that had the first one like jared's saying it had some great like just throwbacks and then the muppets most wanted what i liked is it kind of brought back that same idea of like having clever cameos and I'm a huge Ricky Gervais fan, so and Tina Fey. So yeah. to see them interacting with them was really right. fun. Do you, do you share your Muppet stuff with your kids, Luke, or is it dad stuff? Uh, no, I mean, like even when I, like, I mean, as you see, my office, like, we had like a Muppet week here, and so we had I like, got out all the toys again, and then 
they like have taken them all out somewhere to play with them. So they're sort of <laughs> this kind of sparse. So um, yeah, so I've had to replace several of them. That's the funny thing though. Like you know, they're playing with them or all the, the toys or whatever, and then they're coming in like, Dad, I, like just recently <laughs> they broke Kermit's leg off of one of them. I was like. Ugh. <laughs> you know, so you have to like not hold them quite so tightly as you know as I used to when I was a collector. Now it's like I probably will need to replace several when they have Muppet toy playtime. Because to them, and that's what I love. Because I'm like, I would have loved having these as a kid. You know, like yeah, these yeah. were these were the like. I mean, we had like um like these are the ones I had when I was growing up. These like little like <laughs> Fisher Price yeah. things. Yeah, I had those too. <laughs> Which now yeah. they have these like articulated ones, and it's just and all the accessories are so cool and the playset. So yeah, as much as I want to like keep them safe, it's like eh, the kids will play with them, and and they know they're not going to like bust them up like crazy. But that's it is fun to right. see that the kids embrace it in that aspect too. And, Dave, what do you th- what do you think about the more recent movies? So there was such a drought for a long time, and when those movies came, I was so ready. It was like, just bring on the Muppets. <laughs> and I love that dumb, dumb Muppet humor where they just, it's dumb jokes. And I felt... And ch- cheesy puns. Yeah. And I'm not sure about how they were puppeteering Kermit ever since then, but he's his face can get even more contorted than I feel oh, like yeah. in the classic days. And in the, when you're watching the TV show, you're just watching all these like brand new faces that Kermit can seem to make uh, that you maybe never even saw before. And then they were—I yeah. think they were getting a kick out of it themselves. Um, and then the only thing I didn't like about the TV show is there is there, you know, they're on TV and they're doing that Tonight Show type set thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really wanted the vaudeville, you know, set. Yeah. Just bring all that back. There was no big theme song to get you charged up anymore. Mm-hmm. They just kind right. of hinted a little bit, and I just didn't care for that too much. And they were off on a lot of the way they kind of set the pacing and maybe the rhythm of the show. And if they just yeah. left it to one star, introduce the star, and have that star come through and just stick to you know, that area of, of doing the show and planning all the skits mm-hmm. and seeing, mm-hmm. seeing new music. Um, that would have been way better than what they did. It, yeah. it almost could have worked with that kind of Tonight Show theme yeah, where exactly. instead of making it like, I don't know, about like a week in their lives, just have it be, you know, like the original Muppet show was basically, it was a show and the kind of the behind the scenes, but... They can make it more modern by doing the Tonight Show and then the behind the scenes of one episode mm-hmm. of the Tonight Show yeah. instead of going off like, you know, what do they do once they leave work? Right. Just keep it all within that hour or whatever. Um, well, I always thought the humor on the show was a little bit off. Some of it was very good and some of it was a little too trying mm-hmm. to be contemporary mm-hmm. or, or I, yeah. I again, I don't mean adult like it was blue or anything like that, but like the they trying to try to sophisticate so it felt very much like modern family i know they compared a lot to like the office but the humor felt more like modern family to me where i Mm. thought it should have been more like 30 rock it should have been zany and and trying to let be less conservative in its portrayal that these muppets are like us like i don't think people Mm -hmm. i don't want that as a muppet fan like i want them to be the muppets yeah Yeah, their, their problems got too serious yeah. yeah. So I thought yeah. if they kept it like zanier and a little bit more high concept, it could have, it could have worked. Yeah. But like like Dave said, I I still want that Muppet Show theater, the guest stars, and like I said on another of our shows, like I love 
guest stars and humans being mean to the Muppets. Like that <laughs> yeah. was always, it was always the joke that they were sort yeah. of reluctantly coming on this terrible show, you know, and the Muppets were just having yeah. problems, but they were always, you know, good natured about everything. And like, that was always sort of the central conflict of the shows, which I, I miss that. Yeah. Like, um, because they were never like sentimental. They were good natured, <laughs> but they weren't like sappy or like, uh, you know, um, like that way. So I, I miss that, that kind of humor. Yeah. Now that we've kind of covered all the bases up until today. Um, I'll finish off like what I got to say with the show that I went to. And I mean, you guys can ask questions about that, too. But I wanted to finish off by just seeing like we kind of went over all of Muppets till today, what do you think the future may look like for the Muppets and how would you like to see them like best use moving forward? It sounds like, I mean, for the most part, at least Dave and Jared, you kind of like that original Muppets, uh, Muppets show theme, like the vaudeville act. But before we go there, I'll talk a little bit more about the show and what that kind of was. Um, it basically was a live version of the Muppets show. Mm. So they had their guest host, which was Bobby Moynihan um, from Saturday Night Live, uh, which I didn't realize he was going to be the host until like the day of. So that was like a nice surprise for me because um, I really do like him. And I think he's kind of like a human Muppet, if you will. <laughs> so that was fun. I think they they nailed that perfectly yeah. to have him host. Um, but the the whole show, it was like two hours long. And they took a lot of elements and like special segments from the original show. Like they did a Muppets in Space bit. Um, they had a ton of songs. They had the like the intro. They had the whole intro song with like half of the the singing was done by live puppets. And then they had like video screens of all the other Muppets that like they couldn't fit on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like the full size Muppets, like Sweetums was there. Awesome. And then with the the hand puppets as well, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem did like a four song set, wow. which was really cool. They did, they cut between like pre-recorded skits to have to throw in some like actor cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'd go back to the live stuff. The one thing that I was a little disappointed on is they didn't, I thought being in LA, it would be a lot easier for them to get actors to agree to do cameos. Mm -hmm. Um, But they really only had, it was Bobby Moynihan and then Danny Trejo (laughs) and maybe one other one that I don't remember, but there was, yeah, there was only like two or three. Wasn't Andy Williams Uh, at the end or something? The guy that wrote uh, Rainbow Connection? Oh, uh, yeah, he's saying at the very end. Yeah, Paul Williams. Paul Williams, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, you know, like a stupid cameo where they'll make fun of each other or anything. He was just he came out to sing with them. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but that was cool. Um it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I loved it again anytime we get to see the Muppets and then as soon as the the theme song started playing, I literally went to the edge of my seat and just had a huge grin on my face <laughs> and was smiling for like the next 2 hours. It was it was a lot of fun. Oh, so Sounds fun. like a dream come true. Yeah, no kidding. That's a new bucket list <laughs> item. I, so I think, I mean, moving forward, I would love to see that like, if they ever do a tour, every single time it's in like Southern California, I will go buy tickets to see it because it was a great time. Even if it's the same show I saw, I'll see it again. 
But beyond that, I mean, I think the Muppets work best, like Jared was saying, when they're kind of scattered and a little bit zany and crazy. And it's like they're, I don't want to say professional, like they're they're trying to do this professional thing, but always falling short. Mm. I like that they can never like reach the bar and it's just they're kind of all over the place and scattered and unprofessional. And they have no and everybody's in on it. They all know that like these guys don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, whether or not that's in another movie or they reconfigure the way that they would work on a TV show. Um, I just want to be able to see them regularly. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, Jared, we're going to make uh, this a squared co sandwich. You're going to go last. Um, oh. Luke. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, was just gonna say, I think it would be fun if they did like a um, that that's still that same format with the, like you and saying the the vaudeville. Um, mm-hmm. But it'd be fun to even see them take on like some spoof kind of things. Like I feel like they, you know, like I remember when they came with those Star Wars toys. I always wish that they would have actually done like a Muppet Star. You know, they had those Star Wars. I think they were the Disney parks. It was like Star Wars mm-hmm. character yeah, dresses or Muppets dressed as Star Wars characters. I always mm-hmm. thought like that'd be a fun just to see them do it like. You know, a short film, even if it was like a series of short films of them spoofing on things like that, you know, like them as Star Wars characters or them as, you know, what other these other kind of iconic properties would, could be. Um, could be mm-hmm. just kind of fun to see how they would handle that. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched that creature, um, the creature challenge show that was on sci fi. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did see um, some of those episodes. But if they, they, brought back something like that with a little because that focused a little bit more on like the creature shop kind of aspect of you know the, the sort of the mechanics of puppetry and, and design and sets and stuff like that it would be neat to see him do that with more of a Muppet feel kind of like you know even just seeing like um, your character there you know that have people <laughs> invent a character or have people that really want to be puppeteers kind of do a, a competition show where they end up getting to be on some sort of Muppet show, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, so something like that could be really neat to have some cameos from the Muppets come on the sets and, and helping people kind of create puppets oh, and do a little show yeah. or something. Uh, Cause I think there's still so many great puppeteers out there that, you know, are, are working on these shows in the backgrounds that could, um, really have a, a different view of that kind of that backstage idea. Um, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd also love to see him reboot it in some sort of a cartoon fashion. I think like, like they've just done with the DuckTales, I think something like that where, you oh, know, yeah. something a little bit more edgier drawn, you know, maybe on Cartoon Network and, and using some aspect of the Muppet characters, whether it's, I don't know, it could just be really neat to see that take on it again. I think yeah. they're doing a, they're doing a Muppet Babies reboot. I know <laughs> that. They've talked about that. Yeah, and it's more like CGI-based puppets. So they look like puppets, but they're CGI. You know, they're digital puppets, mm-hmm. which is yeah, fine. Yeah. I think it looks pretty cute, but I don't know. It'd just be interesting mm-hmm. what they would do with somebody, you know. Hand-drawn. Yeah, a hand-drawn version. that's kind of like the Fraggle Rocks mm-hmm. where, you know, it was like a little upgrade. You know, it was kind of trying to compete with like the Disney Afternoon look and feel. Yeah. So something like that could be kind right. of fun. Dave. So, yeah, I, I like keeping the... Muppets as puppets, um, and <laughs> their own realm, I guess. He's a <laughs> purist. Yeah, right. I wish that there was going to be more TV stuff, and I wanted to see them mature the current TV show into something that was going to be like, okay, we got our footing now, we know what the audience wants, and they just yeah. rewrite it to get to that point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm not sure if we'll ever see that, or maybe not soon. Um, but I think there's room for it. And I like seeing when the Muppets are on TV because it shows that you know they're alive and well. <laughs> and yeah. I agree with you guys. Maybe there's more. Maybe they're on internet and they just have skits that they do, like you said, Luke. And I would watch that too. But uh, yeah. uh, I just want to make sure that someone is keep pushing the Muppets forward and that they don't just let them go again or sell them sell them to yeah. somebody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it almost feels like Disney's gotten too many properties that they are now like that's not a very big parody anymore. Where I feel like even if they would sell them back to the Henson Company, you know, like. Uh, gosh, I think they could. Well, some of the stuff they're doing, like I don't know if you guys watched that Julie Andrews show, um, The Green Room, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I think you know, or even what Brian Henson's doing with you know his the new like the Happy Land Murders or the sort of like raunchier puppet show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's the the Henson company is still doing such great stuff with puppetry, and if they can maybe take them back and and sort of breathe new life into it because they have more attention to them. I'd yeah, be interested to see what they would do with it. Jared, finish off the sandwich. Uh, so gross. So <laughs> I think, like, I'm gonna still stand by. I want the old show, you know. And I think, like, especially now with so many viewing options, if they just released yeah. a like a on a streaming show, like, just give us eight Muppet shows, you know. Yeah. Like, you don't have to go nuts. Keep it small. It seems like the 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 um, budget could stay small because they would be on that stage, you know, they're not going on location. Right. Like, yeah. It seems like it's small. And like, what I like is that the Muppets should stay the same. They should not adjust to our time. Mm. Like it should still be their reaction yeah. to the celebrities of now. And that's, what's funny, right? Yeah. Because they're always supposed to be kind of corny and hilarious. And then what you do is you bring in the contemporary to contrast with them, but not make them come up to the level of contemporary humor. Mm. Right. So, whatever you put Justin Bieber on the show and they react to that. Right. They don't, yeah. they don't become Justin Bieber. It's more funny if they're having, they can tease him and they can, you know, have a Justin Bieber Muppet, like something <laughs> like something they would do back in the day. And, you know, and then just the same kind of thing. So I, I'd really like to see them go back to the the thing that we like. Cause it always makes me uncomfortable when you can kind of tell that they're trying to update them mm-hmm. or make yeah. them edgy. So like what you were saying, though, Luke, with those other projects, I think those are great. Like those are ways to keep puppetry alive, which I think is important. But as far as what they're doing with these specific characters, with these personalities, I I think I really hope they can find a way to do it. Like I said, I would take even less stuff if it was good stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. If once a year they did a Christmas special where they just did the show, but, you know, they did it as a Christmas. Every year we got a new Christmas, something like that, where we kept it small and it was just you know, back to the old days of. Or Hall- of I'd, I'd of love to see them do a Halloween. A Halloween special would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, monster, but, uh, they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Use Uncle Deadly. But I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he could host as mis- kind of like the, uh, the old, uh, like monster black and white movie, you know, host of those times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'd be yeah, like creature feature. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. That'd be great. The crypt keeper from yeah. Tell the Crypt to intro the, the show. Uh-huh. But see, those things, like, that's what I loved about Muppet Show Original was they would do that in, like, five seconds. Right? Yeah. So they would have him do that. It would just fall apart instantly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that was great. That was that would be all that you'd need, yeah. for, you know. So I do miss I miss the, the the quickness of the old show and just that that timing and pacing. So yeah. that's, that's what I would vote for for the future. I think you have a great point, too, Jared, about, like, the stars coming on to the show and not having to, like, adjust to them. 
this, that's what was so great about the original Muppet shows. These stars were like these big deals. And then they would come on and they kind of just lost themselves in the Muppet world because it was <laughs> right. all live. And, and that's what was fun is just seeing that all of a sudden that you almost watching them the moment that they realized that like they're totally engaging with Kermit like he's a person, not the gyms below them, you know. And yeah, exactly. I think that's what was always so neat to I mean, and they had such a, a crazy variety of guests on there from like Debbie Harry and Alice Cooper to like, <laughs> you know, like Carol Burnett and, oh, yeah. and more traditional people. So it's like it, it's a format that works well with a variety of, of guests, I think. Yeah. So it'd be fun just even if they just did it like they kind of did it in the film and the first yeah. uh, the Muppets where mm-hmm. they redid the show kind of. But. I, I found myself getting frustrated every time they cut away from that <laughs> that part of it. You know, like I'm like, I just want the, like how they use Jack Black on there. That was great. Yeah. Everything was great. Oh, but, that was so good. Yeah. You know, like I just wanted them to stick with that. Like that could have been the whole movie. Well, we'll see what the future holds for our little colorful friends. <laughs> I feel like we need to blow yeah. something up and. and- True Muppet fashion, something to explode. (laughs) (laughs) Whose room's gonna like explode? (laughs) Totally. You gotta end this like the Muppets, Mark. (laughs) But before we go. Like, it's amazing how much humor, like seeing these as as such young kids, like how much of their humor has stuck with me over the years and like how much it's shaped like growing up with these characters and like like I still wanna do that like opened mouth Muppet you know, smile at the end of every number. How they, you know, they look around at each yeah. other with the mouth open. <laughs> Those are my Muppets. Yeah. Sure magic. Uh, oh, well, before we sign off here, I want to thank Luke and thank Dave again for coming on. Um, you know, this was our first time, so we appreciate you coming back to be our guinea pigs for this first roundtable episode. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was fun. For our listeners out there, our 12 listeners, as Jared has counted for <laughs> us. Today? Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe we're up to 13. Hello, new listener. Um, please let us know if you like this roundtable discussion, if this is something you'd like to see more of moving forward. Um, and if so, please let us know what other properties and brands you'd like us to talk about. Um, we're open to suggestions and we want to make sure we do something that you guys will be interested in listening to. So please let us know, leave a comment um, and let us know what you would like to hear us talk about. Um, But with that, thank you so much for listening. That's it for today. <laughs> He's running out of steam. See, I told you guys. He's exhausted. All right, all right, all right. We'll see. The you Muppets later. have tired him out. <laughs> see you guys. Thank you so much. It's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.